I'm Nick. And I'm Han. And together we are the Honest Mummies. We started this podcast as a way of connecting with other mums to let them know that they're not alone in the lifelong learning journey that is known as motherhood. I'm a pre and postnatal personal trainer and Nick's a registered dietitian. And although this podcast isn't solely focused on fitness and nutrition, you can find more information about both of these topics in our ebooks. And for this series, we've invited on incredible guests who we love and we think that you will love too. So stay tuned for Parenting Hacks Galore. And if you enjoy this episode, please tag us on social media at The Honest Mummies. We would love to hear what you think. Series three of the Honest Mummies podcast is kindly sponsored by Metanium's Everyday Range. Both Hannah and I have used this on our little ones since they were born in 2018 to help keep their bottoms healthy and happy. I honestly swear by Metanium's Everyday Range. I remember a friend recommending them to me and I've never looked back. Me too. I actually got a sample in my hospital bag, which came with some useful nappy rash prevention tips, including to let the skin breathe after nappy changes, so have some nappy free time change wet or dirty nappies as soon as possible and to clean the whole nappy area gently but thoroughly with water or fragrance and alcohol-free baby wipes. Another tip from me would be to apply a thin layer of Metanium's Everyday Barrier Ointment after every change. The gentle formula is suitable from birth and cares delicate skin by forming a protective layer on the baby's bottom against the nasties that can cause nappy rash. Thank you again to Metanium's Everyday Range for sponsoring Series 3 of the Honest Mummies podcast. Hey guys and welcome back to series three of the Honest Mummies podcast. This is episode seven and it's Nick and I today, like the good old times, and we're going to be discussing the five pillars of health for mums. Yeah, I'm really excited about this episode, Hannah, and we're actually recording this in real time. So this is going to go out next week. I have thoroughly enjoyed listening back to the six episodes that we've recorded and we really hope that you found them useful. But in this episode, like Hannah said, we're going to be talking about movement, nutrition, sleep, social connection and stress management. So we really hope that you take away some tips. So Hannah, are you ready to kick things off? Absolutely. Great. So the first pillar of health is movement. Hannah, you're a pre and postnatal personal trainer. How important is movement and what are the challenges for new mums and what can we do about them? Yeah, and movement is so important, like you said, Nick, and not only for mental health and helping us feel better about ourselves, but also just re-strengthening the body postpartum from the ground up. I think a lot of people jump in expecting to run straight away and that's not really a safe place to start. We discussed this a lot in series one, so you can always listen back to that if you've recently given birth. But movement for us mums, like... It's just about trying to not overcomplicate it. Do things like get outside, move your body daily, whether that's dancing around the kitchen with the kids. Like it, it really doesn't matter what the movement is for your general health. Of course, workouts come into play. Things like having your sports kit, sports bra, do it in your pyjamas with your sports bra on, whatever you want to do in your lounge. A lot of mums, I think the challenge is always cropping up as time poor, not really having like a real direction on what's safe to do especially when they are recently postpartum we did cover lots of tips for that but also just like put youtube on your telly and type someone in that you want to follow or follow a guide like my own the strong mama guide and i think you just got to accept as well like if you are working out at home and the children are around that the workouts aren't always going to plan so you might be doing your shoulder press for a bit and then your toddler might come over and you might lift them up and down well that's still a mechanical movement of your body that's still working the muscles so 
it doesn't have to be a perfect workout. I think that's really, really important. It doesn't have to be perfect to be beneficial. But do watch for things like the abdominal wall doming. So it's like protruding outwards. Things like that are a bit of a red flag to take it back to basics and do your core work. We did a whole episode with the amazing Claire as well on pelvic health this series. So do listen to that because we talk a little bit about core in there. But movement wise, yeah, I like working out in the morning. That works for me. Once they go to bed, I could probably do something like some nice stretches or Down Dog has got a cool app like for yoga. But yeah, you just got to do what works for you. Like, what about you, Nick? How have you found it second time postpartum exercise wise? Yeah, so I think in the early weeks, I did dedicate more time, even just like five, 10 minutes a day to trying to knit together my core. I think it's got harder as Penelope has started moving. But like you say, I just try and do something that I enjoy. If I get in three 15 minute sessions a week I am thrilled and I always go for a non-negotiable 30 minute walk every day whether that's by myself or with Penelope in the sling and that just makes me feel so good and I wear an Apple watch I absolutely love it I got it for my birthday last year and I would say that it's quite easy to get 10,000 steps if you're you're going about the house and you go for that 30 minute walk and one way of getting it in is literally just walking to the park like with my children walking around the park and walking back home so I think that that's a really good thing to remember that you don't have to go for a purposeful walk it can be just walking about doing day-to-day what you would be already doing absolutely and moving the body and being outside will come on to stress and stuff like that later but it feels so good doesn't it and if I'm stressed out it really does help just getting it outside in fresh air and like you say just going for a stroll but it's of course important to move your body but yourself Nick being a registered dietitian it's obviously important to also fuel the body alongside that now whether that's just for well-being or whether you're trying to reach some form of goal like some of my clients but you need energy don't you just to keep up with the little ones as well being a mom is so so taxing on the body without even knowing and just carrying them and stuff like that so what challenges do you find mums tend to have when you speak with them in your dms and clients and stuff like that and what are your top tips for how people can fuel their body better mums especially Yeah, so nutrition is definitely an important pillar. And I think as a dietitian, what I tend to see most mums struggling with and myself is a, like what you said before, a lack of time, also like a lack of inspiration. And mums often put themselves at the bottom of the priority list. So we're there like fueling our kids correctly, making sure that they eat and drink and have a varied diet, but then we might neglect ourselves. So I would say, like you said, don't overcomplicate it. One of the healthiest diets on the planet is the Mediterranean style diet and if you think it's really varied it's full of lots of color so I think as a mum you've got to make sure to get in those regular meals even if you were gonna skip breakfast and you just get a smoothie in like that is an amazing way of getting in some of your five a day if you can make it with milk or yogurt you're getting in some protein you can add in a handful of oats bit of spinach you know some fruit and it's pretty much like a balanced meal to have on the go equally on the smoothie front hydration fluids is really important in particular if it's hot or if you're breastfeeding so make sure to have regular drinks throughout the day keep caffeine to around two cups a day especially if you're breastfeeding and then remember that all fluids count so if you don't like water it doesn't matter you can have that sugar-free squash I think fiber can be really important for new mums especially in the early days which I know that was spoken about so make sure you get in those whole grains and and healthy fats and protein as well so healthy fats like avocado nuts and seeds you know don't fear 
healthy fats and things like having fish twice a week, one of which is oily. I'm a big fan of the principle though of the 80-20 rule. So although everything that I've mentioned so far, someone would deem as being fairly healthy and nutrient dense, there's no such thing as good and bad foods, just good and bad diets. So it's all about what does the bigger picture look like? So me and you have are a big fan of sweet things like we love, you know, biscuits and we have crisps and things like that. So like nothing is out of bounds because as soon as you ban a food, you end up craving it more. So remember the 80-20 rule and other principles that I think really help are cook once eat twice so if you're making a lasagna a chili spag ball fish pie always make more than what you need so that you can have it as leftovers the next day and just think can you eat it with one hand so if you've got baby in one arm can you eat it with a fork and just remember that it doesn't have to be fancy like one of my favorite lunches are things on toast avocado and eggs on toast with a bit of spinach and tomatoes on the side tinned mackerel and tomato sauce on toast with a bit of spinach so yeah don't overcomplicate it but remember those principles what about you hannah like how has nutrition played a part in your journey as a new mum yeah well generally i love food so i won't skip breakfast because that is like my favorite meal of the day so i'll always eat breakfast with the kids because i just find it easier we always have like porridge or sometimes i'll give them weetabix if i've got time i might make some of those pancakes but we actually had a bit of a discussion this morning that I went to the supermarket at 7.30 just to get honey because I needed it for my breakfast and drag the kids out. But, but yeah, I think for me, like you're talking about challenges and I think as mums we are, aren't we? We're stretched in all directions. In it's term time, we've got preschool, nursery, school runs to do, like pack lunches if you're doing that, if you don't have them provided, after school and later activities now when we're getting a bit older and for me I think the biggest challenge is actually for myself not the kids will be dinner because sometimes you're rushed through the door aren't you and then you've got whatever they're all fine they've eaten they go to bed and then I struggle to eat a full meal at that time because it's a bit later so for me I prefer to try and eat with them but that doesn't always work out that way so I suppose for me it's finding ways that I can fuel my body on the go as well. So I haven't touched on protein shakes and I know obviously the whole food is better, but in some cases that is needed. And that's sometimes what I take if we're going to swimming or going to ballet or stuff like that. And then having something lighter later on, like I love a bit of Weetabix, to be honest. I think <laughs> I could eat breakfast for every meal. I think I would like. That's so funny. Porridge for breakfast, egg and avocado, like you say, with spinach and later. And just up in the cruciferous vegetables is one that's trickier because if I don't get them in at lunch, if I have a snacky dinner. So that's one I have to watch personally is just making sure I have enough greens throughout the day. Like you said, spinach is great. I mean, on a practical point of view, you are totally right. So we get back from nursery, we, I do a snack and then we'll do bedtime. Whilst bedtime is underway, I get the oven on and I might put in like fish cakes and even like oven chips or some like baby potatoes on the boil and some veggies cooking away, even like peas in the microwave. So it's definitely not fancy when we are busy. And then we might do things like meatballs and spaghetti on a weekend, which we know that our eldest Henry will enjoy as well. And also Penelope, like I am very much kind of like the baby led weaning. She has what we have just like mashed down a, a little bit. Before you carry on, Nick, I actually saw Nick in person this week and we went for a lovely picnic and Henry had like tuna pasta that you brought obviously for his allergies and stuff like that. And then Nick's face when Penelope just went in for the pasta. She was loving life. I know. I was like, Hannah, do you think that Penelope's okay with this? Yeah, so Penelope, after a, a slow start, is loving eating now. But that's movement and nutrition. Stress. 
So obviously as a new mum, it can be quite stressful. You know, you've got a million and one things to think about. How do you stay grounded, Hannah? Like, how do you make sure that you don't burn out? I mean, obviously avoiding burnout is sometimes, you know, not possible, but how do you try to keep anxiety, stress at bay? Yeah, I think that's the trickiest thing, actually, especially as a single parent as well. And for any new mums and also mums in general, whatever the age I would imagine, that doesn't get easier in a way. It just changes like the different demands. So going outside, like we talked about, we have a dog. So that's really helpful for me. It gets me out. But also just like if it's sunny, sitting outside to eat my breakfast or little things that make you like have that ah that feeling now I used to be a lot better at meditation and it's something that I'm looking to start doing again after a bit of a health situation so I just need to really monitor that and get on top of it but I used to do journaling something I haven't got the time for at the moment I'm not willing to create that time for that so I'm going to prioritize the meditation at the moment I used to do headspace or calm or just one of the guided ones for like 10 minutes but what about you Nick or walking away that's the other one just walk away just leave the mess do it when they go to bed Yeah, I think like you, I used to do like gratefulness in a journal. I've dipped in and out of kind of like breath work with Mind You Club. And I found it really powerful, even just breathing for like three to five minutes in bed. I love my once a month bath, but I think like you, I think getting outside and going for a walk in nature and just trying to prioritize things just remember like what matters if something's gone wrong with work or let's say you know the kids haven't eaten that well that day like does it really matter in the grand scheme of things and the other thing for me is I have a week to view diary and so because I've always got my phone on me I put appointments always on my phone then on a Sunday night on Monday morning I write out my week to view diary and for me seeing my week at a glance and being able to tick off just massively helps with stress management because I don't have to think oh I need to remember that everything is written down so I think that that's my number one tip get yourself a diary and just write it down you use a diary not very well I use my phone because it's always with me. So I just don't think I'd write in it. It's another thing for me to do, to be honest. So if anyone's got any tips for the old stress management as well that they find helpful. For me, it's a work in progress. And I think it always will be because there's different demands isn't there of work, the children, you know what I mean? So the next one is big. And I think as a mum or dad, maybe, but definitely mums, I think who I speak with who do struggle with sleep. Now, We're talking about the mum sleep here. Now, when I go to bed, I'm actually really tired and I always do Reiki when I go to bed just to breathe and like calm down, switch off from the day. But when I'm asleep, it's okay. But it is so important, isn't it? Like I've read so many books on the importance of sleep and I know people out there might be like almost laughing or rolling their eyes when I say that because I would as well. But we can't get away from the fact that it is important. So for me, it's like having a caramel tea in the evening just to wind down, obviously trying to have less or no screen time straight before sleep. And then I usually like crawl almost into the bed because <laughs> the little ones asleep on the bed. But yeah, what about yourself, Nick? Oh my gosh. It, sleep is so restorative and we all know how good we feel after a good night's sleep. I know that Hannah had a very nice sleep last night. So yeah, she's feeling wonderful today. And we are yet to sleep train. However, we will be doing gentle sleep training soon just to get Penelope sleeping in her own cot. She does sleep now in her own cot until about two. And what I found is that if I can go to bed for 10, 
I feel really good. So isn't that crazy that like, I feel amazing after I've had four hours sleep and then another bit of kind of like broken sleep until about, today was 5.45. She used to wake at six, seven and I used to feel so much better. But yeah, I think sleep is just something for the first like nine months that is almost a little bit brutal. Obviously it's different for everyone, but I think trying to go to bed earlier rather than later and that's really hard because for me once the kids are down and it's like eight o'clock and I'm having dinner I don't want to go to bed straight away I want to walk around the house when like no one's in the house and no one needs me or like tick a few things off my to-do list that I haven't got done finish the dishwasher so we get it but yeah if you want to know about sleep like why we sleep I think it's by Matthew Walker is fantastic I listened to it on audible yeah so it's just trying to prioritize it and I think just remembering that you're not a machine Like this is the the number one mistake that I make. I think that I can go on and on and on. I think that I don't need sleep and then I crash and then, you know, you, you can't fight off illness. So sleep is a big one. But the fifth pillar, Hannah, is social connection. And I think that this is a big one, especially because of COVID. Like me and Hannah met up on Monday and it was so nice. Like when you meet up, I didn't realize IRL stands for in real life. It just gives you <laughs> so much more. And obviously when you're on maternity leave, maternity leave can be really isolating. And the number one thing that I really look forward to is I've got Mondays and Fridays off with both children. And I always try and meet up with, not all the time, but most of the time with one of my mum friends. And it's just so nice having a chat about things that you're going through because you realize that you are 100% not alone. So yeah, how do you do, Hannah, on the social connection front? Yeah, well, because we have such a busy activity like now, I feel like you see parents weekly anyway at that type of club. That's the type of stage we're moving into now. But as a newer mum, yeah, I completely relate to what you said. And I think that's when like the baby groups and stuff like that come into play, especially the first time. The second time round, I feel like with the second child, you kind of have that network like from the first time. So I haven't done as much of that type of socialising yet. But yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Whether it's family around the corner or you go to the park with the kids and you'll be present. I feel a little bit of touch on social connection and stress there that I'm calmer when my phone's away. Because I don't know, you're not like constantly like ping, ping, and you're looking there and and your brain's like a bit all over the show. So I think for social connection, I try and put the phone away connect with whoever that person is in front of you whether that's your friend whether you're at a group whether you're with your kids so I think for me that improves the social connection if that makes sense yeah and I think I I actually forgot actually a couple of years ago now I turned off all notifications on my phone apart from whatsapp um, and text messages so literally, I don't know if an email's come in. I don't know if there's been a DM on Instagram. Just because, like you said, it, it can be really overwhelming and then it takes away from the present. So, yeah, social connections are meaningful. And I think like, one of my mum friends I met at a baby group and it was almost like asking someone out for a day. I was just like, you know, do you fancy a meeting up in the park and we swap numbers? And I think like that's what you've got to do and you've got to think like you don't feel intimidated because that other mum is probably thinking the same thing or is equally as nervous. So I think, yeah, it's really nice and get a WhatsApp group going, but don't forget to meet up in real life because it really does give you something that WhatsApp doesn't give. Absolutely. Just like we did this week. But yeah, this series, series three has been absolutely incredible in my opinion. The guests have been top notch the advice given has been incredible and of course you nick today as well 
Oh, and likewise, Hannah. But yeah, we really hope that you've taken something from this series and this episode as well. It's just, it's me and Hannah chatting through the things that help to support mum life. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's like the number one quote and saying, I think, during mum life. So yeah, thank you so much. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do give us a five-star rating and a review and look out for a giveaway that's coming on the Honest Mummies Instagram page very soon very excited about that our first giveaway Hannah absolutely I'm excited so thank you to our sponsors Metanium for that and you can follow myself on Instagram at Hannah Mummy Mills and Nick at Mummy Nutrition and also the Honest Mummies podcast at the Honest Mummies but yeah thank you so much everyone for listening do rate and review it really helps us push our podcast and reach more mums as well yeah and we will hope to see you in series four soon Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Honest Mummies podcast. Remember, you can tag us on social media at the Honest Mummies to get involved in the conversation. We love hearing from you. Check out the show notes for links to our fitness and nutrition guides. And finally, please do subscribe, leave us a review and share the Honest Mummies podcast with your friends. Series three of the Honest Mummies podcast is kindly sponsored by Metanium's Everyday Range. Both Hannah and I have used this on our little ones since they were born in 2018 to help keep their bottoms healthy and happy. I honestly swear by Metanium's Everyday Range. I remember a friend recommending them to me and I've never looked back. Me too. I actually got a sample in my hospital bag, which came with some useful nappy rash prevention tips, including to let the skin breathe after nappy changes, so have some nappy free time change wet or dirty nappies as soon as possible and to clean the whole nappy area gently but thoroughly with water or fragrance and alcohol-free baby wipes. Another tip from me would be to apply a thin layer of Metanium's Everyday Barrier Ointment after every change. The gentle formula is suitable from birth and cares delicate skin by forming a protective layer on the baby's bottom against the nasties that can cause nappy rash. Thank you again to Metanium's Everyday Range for sponsoring Series 3 of the Honest Mummies podcast. <laughs>